Hello and welcome to Flourish, the Sempus Dupol podcast. Uh, I am your host, Rowan. Lovely two co-hosts will now introduce themselves. <laughs> Maddie. Uh, and I'm Sam. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, so we're here. It is the uh, first week of campaigning uh, for this year's Dupol election. Uh, we're all very excited. There's a lot of people on the ground, uh, some in vibrant colours, others in slightly less vibrant colours. Uh, and, and everybody seems to be armed with a flyer and uh, every student on their way to class seems to be getting a flyer in the face. Uh, so it's, uh, Actually, I, I would like to contest that. Yeah. I, I feel like this has been a relatively low energy campaign. Yesterday, I couldn't get a flyer from like the Empower people. That is true. Empower yeah. did turn up yesterday without any flyers whatsoever. And I have not seen anyone except Salt campaign at the physio. Ah, I, didn't, I yeah. haven't been over the physio. Because so, uh, like that's yes, where, yeah. Actually, Salt is kind of bringing the most energy so far with their campaigning. Yeah. I walked up from the Lakes bus stop, and there was two Salt people there, and not a single real Anyone or else. reform yeah. campaigner well, in sight. You mean Empower? Empower. Yes. Yeah, so Empower. Yeah. Wow. When I turned up today, uh, the, the Lakes bus stop was only manned by Drew Pablo, uh, ah, yes. advertising his kissing booth later in the day. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I, I actually agree. It's been, um, yeah, it has been quite low energy. Uh, and Salt seems to be the only people with, with a significant force this year. I've been doing the, uh, yep. the old data science uh, and counting exactly where everybody is and marking things off. Oh, yeah, uh, the spreadsheet. And, yeah, uh, not a spreadsheet. I've been um, posting in the Queensland Student Politics Group, which if you're not a member of, you should absolutely become one. There's some terrific uh, word art. Uh, no, Microsoft Paint. Yes. Yes, yeah, Microsoft yeah. Paint. Um, yeah, my, my operation at the moment has been um, going around with a little laminated piece of paper with a map of the uh, campaigning area and, and putting colored dots where, where campaigners are. Uh, and I think today, yeah, the student like action team really had about, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, student action had about fifteen people out on the on the campaign field today. And how many did like real have? Uh, I think the other tickets had about eight each. Yeah, each. Wow. Okay. Well, good job, student action. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, to be fair, I think today they did have another protest going on on campus, so maybe today is an outlier. But it should be very interesting to see what happens. Um, so yeah, uh, let's get into it. Today we've got a lovely little interview that uh, Googie, Sam Googie has uh, cooked up for us. Uh, uh, yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with Ethan Van Roo, the presidential candidate for Real. Yeah. yeah. Um, so today we've got our presidential candidate interview with Real. Uh, later in the week, presidential candidate with Empower. Uh, and then hopefully a few other important uh, players in the student politics scene. Figureheads, uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be interviewed as well. All right, um, so let's uh, drop the track. Yeah, no, say it louder and like we'll use it. Uh, that probably is copyrighted. Uh, now I'm currently joined by. Uh, Ethan Van Roo Douglas. Yes. Uh, and he is the uh, presidential candidate for the real ticket. I guess Hello. Ethan, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Sam. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Uh, so I guess there's like a, a thing to start this podcast. I, I just want to start by understanding your personal background, how you got here, and I guess what drives you. Uh, so first, uh, will you be able to introduce yourself and what you study? Um, so my name's Ethan, um, and I am a fourth year law student um, now. It's not the only thing I've studied. I've studied a few things through here, including arts and swapped around some majors and stuff. But I think this is just kind of where I ended up. I found my niche and, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and like, you, why are you, why are you interested in this kind of field? In student politics or uh, yeah, in law. student politics. <laughs> How did you like get into student politics as a random law student? Um, kind of accidentally, I think, through friends who were pretty involved. Um, I kind of wasn't really firmly political at all when I came to uni and I got involved through social circles and a couple of years later I ended up running for secretary and we won and now I find myself here. Okay, so do you feel like maybe there's like some kind of innate thing about your personality that drew you to student politics or you just feel like you completely ended up here because of your social circles? I do feel like it was, I think, strongly a social thing. Um, I suppose... 
there are a lot of people that do kind of get involved um, over the years and some of them maybe last longer than others because it's not for everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, it certainly has its kind of own benefits and challenges. So, I mean, maybe I'm well adapted to those, but no, I think it's primarily a social thing. Okay, so you mentioned some benefits and challenges. What would you say those are? I think the biggest challenge is always campaigning. Okay. Um, it's, it's a hard slog, two weeks out in the sun, walking around, handing out flyers to people who don't always want to talk to you. Um, you need a, quite a bit, I think, mental resilience to really yeah, get used sure. to that. Uh, my first campaign was pretty brutal. Um, I was just kind of thrown in it. Like I said, was dragged in by friends and it took a while to get the hang of it. But um, it, it, at the end of it, you know, it's, it's a good feeling. It's relief. And even if you win or lose, you know, you've tried your best and run a good campaign. And it's a nice feeling. Yeah. So um, which was your first campaign? So you're part of Real Now, but previously mm -hmm. you are part of Focus. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I campaigned for council under Focus, which was my first uh, elected position. Um, and that was before it had been broken down into general council. So I was a councillor for the Humanities and Social Sciences faculty um, for that year, and that was in 2017. Um, it, was a, it was an interesting year. It wasn't a, a huge campaign um, by virtue of some of the things that had occurred, but yeah, it was so still pretty draining. That was like the year that... Uh, reform split up and yeah, then, like, yeah focus pretty much ran uncontested yeah, yeah. Um, it was very like I said very interesting year and it's only gotten harder from there yeah yeah for sure uh, so I guess after you were in council uh, you then became secretary of the union yeah um, so I did a year on council um, and it's common for people who go for t3 or top three executive spots such as president secretary or treasurer to have that experience because of course it is a lot to be just thrown into if you've never done anything in the union. Yeah. Um, I enjoy my time in council. Um, and like at the end, I think sometimes, I don't know, it all just kind of happens accidentally. And here I am. I, people seem to think I've got the experience and yeah. they're putting me up for secretary. So, uh, for, yeah, so people who don't know what it's like to be on council, uh, what was it like for you? Like, what was the experience? What did you have to do? And um, well, first, it was quite daunting because there was a lot of induction stuff about the union, the way the union kind of works and runs. And even when you're outside of it campaigning, you don't really have a full picture of what it's like until you're in there. Um, and that was quite daunting. Uh, it's uh, also known, I think, for being a bit of a colourful place where people get into some very interesting debates. Right. Um, well... Oh, I don't even know if I could recall any directly from memory, but there were certainly some interesting debates to be had that year. Yeah, I actually, um, I remember one of the first ones that year was when like SALT just all, like the socialist alternative just yeah, all turned yeah. up in force. And the, yeah. I think it was the first meeting. The I think very Priya first might have been meeting, named yeah. and removed. Yeah, two people were kicked out. Yeah, uh, Priya yeah. and um, what's his name? Um, oh, wait, was it Jahir? Yeah, it was Jahir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a very um, interesting year. And I think it, did, it definite, definitely did mellow though. Um, yeah. later on and because we all realised we had to actually have working relationships so, yeah. which is completely fair enough mm. yeah so yeah so after you were on council you became secretary uh, so uh, that's been the past year how have you found it and well if I thought council was a wild ride um, I <laughs> had no idea what I was in for um, as I said again really daunting induction even when you've got the experience um, all of a sudden you're a 20 year old and you're kind of parachuted into this senior leadership position in the $23 million organisation. There's a lot of people that are depending on you and looking up to you. And I think in the past, um, office bearers have struggled to really identify their roles and responsibilities. And yeah. it kind of doesn't leave you with a good sense of what you should be doing when you're going in. I think I landed on my feet, though. Yeah, so, um, um, yeah. yeah. Like, what exactly does a secretary do? Uh, secretary is a very broad role. Um, it's essentially the second in command to the president. So anything the president is either unavailable or sometimes unwilling to do, that those kind of duties fall to the secretary. My usual duties also include um, ensuring the administration of the union is run properly, so meetings are called and minutes are taken and everything is complied with. Um, and secretaries are often law students because we do kind of deal with that quasi-legal side as well. I spent a lot of that, um, a lot of the first part of my term dealing with kind of legally stuff um, for the union. So do you actually end up like taking minutes and stuff? 
No, I don't take the minutes personally because one of the other duties of the secretary is often to chair meetings where either a chair doesn't show up or there are just committees where the secretary automatically chairs. So it's a bit difficult for me to minute meetings and run them. Um, I um, We have an ass- assistant to the student executive whose name is Anna, um, who is absolutely fantastic. And if, yeah, if you've ever been to a council meeting, um, you'll see her at the front taking notes and she does all of that and send it to, sends it uh, sends it to me for editing and whatnot and yeah I think she really pulls the weight there. Yep. So is there any like particular thing that uh, you've done this year that you thought was particularly interesting or that our listeners might want to hear about? Well, I've done a couple of things this year. Um, as I said, the first part of my term was dealing with a lot of legally stuff. So um, one of the things that wasn't really publicised about widely about last year's elections was that we had some really, really significant challenges in dealing with our returning officer, uh, which was a company called Computer Share. And they essentially, I think everybody agreed, they ran a terribly botched job um, of a referendum, which was to be held after the electoral period, which resulted in the a referendum being invalidated after it was hacked by a um, rogue IT student. A random student. IT student. A random yeah. IT student, indeed. Um, and most of that was, um, was mishandled pretty significantly by the R at the time. So I spent about the first three to four months in constant negotiations with this enormous company um, who wanted yeah, like us... Like ASX 100. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who wanted us to pay these ridiculous fees. I mean... Um, for both things that they had colossally messed up to these ridiculous extra charges like their business flights, uh, business class flights and even their toasted sandwiches in the morning. Um, and that went on for several months. And uh, again, that was very, very daunting considering I was only uh, just going into my fourth year or yeah. no, third year of law, I think. Yeah, um, my third year of law. And um, in the end, though, um, we managed to talk them down and I saved the union about $40,000. Oh, okay. The, um, total invoice that they had charged us originally. Wow. So, yeah. Also, I guess to clarify, in case anyone wasn't quite following, the RO is like the referee for the elections. Yeah, they're responsible for running and maintaining the elections and especially responsible for making sure they don't get hacked. Um, yeah. So, anyway, um, so speaking of elections, uh, so there's an election going on now. Uh, the time that we're recording this is actually the first day of campaigning. It is indeed. Yeah, so... um. Ethan, can you tell me a bit about REAL uh, and what you guys stand for? I think um, REAL is a group of students that has a vision and a message that was very similar to Focus that came before us. It's that the union should not be primarily a place um, for political kind of point scoring and it should not be primarily run by uh, people who are, for lack of a better word, political hacks. Um, And... I know it's I, it's, I imagine some people will find it ironically saying this, I have kind of maybe dabbled in that in the past. My first year I got a, I got involved with the Labour Club on campus and in the second I tried the Liberals. But um, I think after my time in the union, I realised that that's actually not at all what it's about. And campaigns and elections are really distorted in that sense. Okay. And being political does not help the union. It doesn't help run it it doesn't help students it's absolutely not what it's about and until you've actually kind of been in there you don't really understand um how little politics has to do with it so that's why we kind of uh not an anti-political but we're an apolitical ticket we're made up primarily of independent students who just really want to see their union do better yeah sure um and like you so you have no political alignments no i'm not a member of any political party okay uh, so then, uh, I guess, how does, does um, I guess, Focus's values reflect in the policies uh, and the things that they're advocating for this year? Yeah, I oh, think... Sorry, did I say Focus? I meant Real. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> sorry. Um, look, Real, we really do want to build on the kind of thing that Focus had done. So Focus, um, I recall, ran on a very successful policy of expanding Campus Kitchen. Um, and it's probably one of the most pro- popular things that the union does. It's so simple, but it's loved by so many so students. For reference, Camps Kitchen is the free dinner program. Yeah. Um, and we're also looking at further expanding that into every night of spot vac, um, in addition to the exam support stores that we run. There are other things like we need, um, fixing collective funding. So we want to introduce a $100,000 welfare and diversity fund for all of the collectives to access. Um, 
in order to, you know, to, for them to be able to kind of run those programs and, okay. um, yeah, advocacy campaigns that so minorities need. where is that $100,000 coming from? Well, that's a question you'd have to ask the treasurer if you want them to break it down specifically. Um, I am famously terrible when it comes to spreadsheets. Well, like, that's a, that's a massive amount of money it, it that is you're a pulling large out of money. It is a large amount of money, but you have to remember that the union's annual turnover is $23 million. And in this year, um, I think... Things, that amount of money has been spent on things that maybe don't help as many students as that. So it's all about just realigning and retargeting, but it won't mean any cuts to any existing programs or services that the union offers. So this is so this is $100,000 on top of the current wealth and diversity yes, budget? Yes, on top of their budgets, yes. Okay. Uh, so I guess uh, on to, I guess, a final topic, which mm-hmm. is uh, probably the biggest piece of news that's happened today, uh, or like I guess yesterday, uh, which is the electoral tribunal has ruled uh, that your main competitors and power uh, like they can't properly register a ticket. Is sorry. Um, essentially, yes. Um, I think it was a very significant ruling, and it really shocked a lot of people. It certainly came as a surprise to me. I had been kind of following what had happened with regard to the Empower formerly Together ticket and their name. Um, but throughout that time, I'd been in conversations with, you know, their candidates and their leadership and supported them through it because I do absolutely think that, yes, they it's it's good for democracy to have as many people contest the ticket above the line as possible. Unfortunately, um, the outcome was not what a lot of people had been hoping for. However, um, there are reasons for this. It was this uh, decision was made by the Electoral Tribunal, which is made up of independently appointed members of the legal community. Um, it is a very, very apolitical body that takes its job very seriously. As in, like, the people appointed by, like, the bar and by Queensland Law Society. Absolutely. And the reason that they had decided that Empower would not be able to contest the election formally under the name Empower um, is because their nominations had actually been submitted past the cutoff time, which is very, very clearly stipulated in, in, the, in the regs, which are like the union's electoral bylaws, and they ruled that it essentially can't be altered. So you think that the electoral tribunal made the correct decision here? I think I can understand the electoral tribunal's reasoning, and I respect their decision. Um, I, again, I think I was disappointed for the candidates um, from Empower, whom I friend, met friends with many of them personally, that they won't be able to contest above the line, but they are, of course, still able to do that below the line, and they're um, certainly trying very hard to run a campaign to do so. Okay, um, so uh, so real so Empower have I guess claimed that Real had something to do with this. So I've been talking to a number of the Empower people today, uh, and they have claimed uh, that Real have been involved in this process of essentially disqualifying them and you know, doing some sneaky things with, like, nominations and rules. Um, yeah, the, what the kind yeah, of the claims... To that. Yeah, the kind of claims that I um, heard being thrown around this morning um, when I arrived at campaign, I think were really disappointing. It's coming, I think, certainly from a minority of people which are feeding some very strong disinformation. Uh, Real categorically never had anything to do with the issues surrounding Empower's name. Mm. Uh, this include even members who are associated with Real? Well, what do you mean associated? Because I know the student who is involved in this particular debacle, but I have a working relationship with him because he's the chair of council and I'm the secretary of the union, as do the Empower candidates. So yeah. I guess you could say we're all associated, but that doesn't mean that I was involved in any kind of scheme to allegedly rig an election, which of course is not what happened. Sure, but you could even say that, like, it's really convenient that your main competitor is removed from the the race. Um, I think that's certainly a line that they would be keen to push. It is a three-way race, though, for executive, um, and I think there's almost certainly kind of an air of entitlement that some people have that, oh, well, obviously, without them, it's not a real election. Um, and we are being contested for executive by Socialist Alternative, as we were in 2017, and they did put up a very strong opposition, um, and particularly in council, and uh, Socialist Alternative still contesting above the line for um, this election, as is Empower below the line. So it's, yeah, um, 
I don't think it's uncontested at all or it's right to say that or that it has kind of guaranteed me this win or was done for that purpose. So Empower will probably still be pushing a narrative uh, that Real are somehow involved in this entire scandal. Look... Uh, wait, sorry. sorry no, no, continue. Um, so how do you address everyday students in terms of uh, how they should vote uh, and whether they should pay heed to, I guess, uh, this whole below-the-line uh, scandal? Um, I think students should vote with their conscience and they should vote with the electoral group, whether it is above the line or below the line that they most identify with the policies of. Um, and I was disappointed to hear claims, for example, that votes had been stolen or that you can't cast your vote, because of course you can. If you want to vote for Empower, you can. Well, like, you can't vote for Empower. Yeah, you can vote for Empower candidates below the line. But okay. yes, obviously, the word Empower won't appear on the ballot. However, I'm sure that they will have how to votes in order to counteract that. Okay. Uh, so thank you very much for your time, Ethan. Thank you, Sam. So I've uh, just heard a wonderful little interview there with uh, Ethan Van Roo talking about the situation with the uh, real campaign and the Empower campaign and the Electoral Tribunal, also a bit about the secretary role of the union. Uh, and we thank Ethan very much for his time. Uh, so, folks, what do we think? Um, secretary role. Broad, broad scope. Very yes. broad scope. Yeah, Some, we, like, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like secretaries almost do more than presidents. I, that, that's that's spicy, but I don't know. They have a, they have a broad, a very large portfolio. Yeah, it's also possible for secretaries to do nothing at all. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> you do everything or nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's quite a broad role, yeah. 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 It's hard to define a lot of yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think um, the particularly interesting bit was the uh, returning officers, well, at least for me, uh, the, the, the hacking of the last year's referendum. Yes. Yeah. How yes. much did you guys hear about that? I, uh, like, I heard about it for like two days and then it just kind of seemed to Yeah. We, we put a little 200 word, I think, article in uh, Semper about it. Yeah. Um, that was a crazy, crazy week. Tell us about it. So <laughs> it was like halfway during, halfway through the online referendum uh, last year, I came to the office and there was pinned onto the door a, uh, a some probably about 20 to 30 lines of Python code explaining, and, and you know, it's unclear what it did at first, but when you look at it uh, with, you know, a programmer's eye, it becomes clear that it is. Uh, sorry, to, sorry to flex, everyone, but uh, it becomes clear that it is a um, it is a couple of lines of Python that go online to this website that is yeah. set up just for the uh, referendum, uh, and it inputs everybody's login details. Uh, or it can it could take like a hundred, two hundred login details at a time and just like pump them straight through. Um, actually, I probably have the um, yeah. So I guess yeah. So I was there too. So what what it exactly was is. Uh, the fact of engineering uh, publishes a, I guess, some really like vague like information or vague like details about each student. Uh, I think it's to help with uh, forming group assignments. So they'll have things like your student number and maybe your name. Uh, so, unfortunately for this referendum, uh, in order to be able to log in and vote, you needed information that was publicly available yeah. about every engineering student. As a result, uh, a certain IT student, uh, student uh, was able to just scrape that entire engineering faculty list yeah. uh, and use it to input into the referendum uh, and, I guess, answer a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, literally all you needed to do was, was pair up people's student numbers and their surnames. Uh, and so uh, what, we, what I found was, a, 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 <laughs> was somebody had set it up so that it was ready to just put in the the surname and the student number of the current union president at the time. Um, and then do it repeatedly. Uh, yeah, so it could have done it repeatedly. I see, but they can do it, it for like, more, as, like yeah. everyone, yeah, yeah, sure. As long as it had a bigger dictionary. Um, so it would go through and then it would wait, basically, um, so that you couldn't tell that it was, you essentially couldn't tell that it was a, a robot if you were, just waiting for it to be acting really fast because yeah. it would just wait. Mm, uh, like in a, in a sense, like it's got the sleeps in there, so you can't. Uh, nah, that's still really obvious. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's got like sleep five, which I'm pretty sure is five milliseconds. Yeah. 
right. uh, which is usually done just to like not overload like the like input of information. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So in the end, uh, it became clear that the the all of these inputs had been been done from exactly the same IP address because they hadn't changed the IP at all. Right. Um, so they knew that it was all from one person. So so the person that presumably did this posted this on the door. Uh, that is what I would assume. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> sorry, it's like five seconds. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Right. Um, yeah, so I guess, again, it made the entire referendum result invalid. Yeah. Uh, because uh, at that point, it's really difficult to tell, like, if someone had voted during the process, like a legitimate yeah. voter had voted during the process that this code was running, then you wouldn't be able to find out uh, yeah. if they were real or not. In addition to that, uh, this essentially means that all those engineering students had their votes stolen yeah. uh, because someone, I guess, like, had like, like fraudulently impersonated them. Yeah. yeah. So the entire referendum was invalid. But what yeah. was the referendum, actually? What was so the referendum the was referendum? to make it so that, I think there were two things. One was so that you could... Uh, run for office if you were graduating in the next year yeah yeah uh, so you had to be a student while you were running but you didn't have to be a student to hold the position yeah. right okay. and the, the reason for that is that the university actually wants the union executive to not currently be students in the sense that they shouldn't have to be studying right so they yeah. should be able to take yeah. a year off of study yeah. because at the moment like i have to take one course a semester yeah and the difference between one course and zero courses is like it doesn't mean that much no. in terms of my ability to advocate for students, but it does mean a lot in terms of. Uh, all right, sorry, it doesn't change my ability to empathize with students, but it does yep. change my ability to, uh, you know, like your function for a, for a week. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Which I think like like vaguely makes sense. Yeah, like, like a lot of these union roles uh, yeah. are quite big, uh, and having this extra time and not having the pressure to be uh, taking subjects at the same yeah. time. Uh, should be at least an option that students or like people running for these positions should be able to take. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, in yeah. fact, this process, this um, like, this is actually really common in like the UK, but they also mm. have student unions, uh, and they're pretty much all executives, uh, yeah. people who graduated the previous year. Yeah, uh, and they call them sabbatical officers because it's kind of like taking a year off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, so I think the issue that the person who did this whole hacking uh, yeah. had was that it, it seems as though it is essentially making it so that like student politics like political hacks can have a year off sort of thing yeah. and, like you know they, yeah. they're they're getting life easy for them yeah um i'm not convinced that that's necessarily yeah, i think a lot true. of people don't quite understand what the job actually is yeah because if you're just like say the president of i know the economic society you probably don't need a year off for that yeah um mm. but like maybe if you're like in the union like you might but of course, like without understanding the role completely, yeah, uh, it'd be very hard to make this kind of judgment. Yeah, I mean, the the fact is, like when when you're running a organization that is what twenty three million dollars in, in revenue, um, and you've got like you know you're employing a significant portion of the student population yeah. in your outlets, and you feed everyone every day, um, and at the same time, the university is actively trying to crush that operation. Um, <laughs> I think that probably you do deserve a year off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess like Ethan, like was fighting ComputerShare, who were the returning officers at the time, about this. Yeah, I think we should probably say that again without mentioning the company's name. Really? I think so. Oh, too sterile. You've sold out. <laughs> too sterile. All right, let's let's dive into it. But Fuck he mentioned it. it in his. Did he mention? Yeah, he mentioned. Yeah, he did. Hundred percent did. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I. We'll okay. just leave it in. Yeah, just leave it in. All right. Um. Yeah, um, they weren't great. I mean, at least once during last year's election, they just left one of the uh, voting rooms open overnight or were planning to leave it open oh overnight until people just, like, noticed it. Noticed it. Um, so there was... Like, someone could have just, like, sneaked in, like, tampered with a ton of votes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so basically, there were two momentum campaigners there, uh, and then I walked in because uh, they had already found the, the mm. voting room open. Um, and then... Oh. From there, we called pretty much people from every ticket, so it would be like yeah. fair and like yeah. no one could accuse like oh momentum and rolling and some kind of conspiracy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was actually a fun night, um, despite the the aggravation of having the returning officer just deny yep. them being at fault at all, and that this was totally fine. Like you know, we were all being, um, mm -hmm. you know, they trust dramatic. students too much. No, yeah. So so. <laughs> 
but yeah, despite all that, it was still a good night, just in terms of us all just reminiscing on, on previous uh, encounters. They also had the um, momentum last year had the the president of uh, the National Union of Students, so they were telling a bunch of stories about like National Stew Poll. Yeah, um, I remember that guy. Yeah, that was a really fun night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on to our next topic. Yeah, yeah. on to our next topic. Um, uh, so I guess uh, in terms of like what Ethan's talking about, real. Mm-hmm. The policies, or just like the what the party stands for in general, right? So, I suppose the the apolitical nature of of the party, which I find, I found that curious. I think <laughs> I did. I did. Like it, it is. It is fair to say that there is a large apolitical representation on the ticket. Like I am on the ticket, and I'm not affiliated with a major party. There are, you know, for example, Lachlan Green is running for environmental officer and he's not he's also unaffiliated so i think you know he's fair in saying that um but at the same time um i, th- I think it is still largely sort of backed by at least the the uqlnc so i, I think it, it's i wouldn't say it's totally disingenuous to say that they're an apolitical ticket but i think there is you know there are significant arguments say that it is still largely run yeah. by LNP students. Yeah. yeah, so I think it's run by LNP students, but yeah. the, I think the LNC is more run by conservatives at the moment. Yes. Uh, so yes. It's, it's kind of the 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 part of the LNC that's not currently in power. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess they had to find something else to do with their lives. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So then the question is like, so why like, so why do LNP students run as independents essentially? Well, like, why do they, like, like on the Labour side, they don't have to really, like, fill it with all these random independents and say, like, oh, we are a apolitical ticket, not interested in politics. Yeah. Right? Like, why do they do that with, as the LNP? Well, I think in this instance, it is probably the case that it's the first time that Labour and Labour right and Labour left are back together. Yeah. So they are kind of excited to make sure as many people get on the ticket as possible. So if you think about it in terms of focus, I, this is just my understanding. Um, but I think what's going on is that under focus you have, say, three Labour right, three Liberals, and three Independents in the top nine. Uh, and when you are trying to convince Labour right that it's a good idea to get back with Labour left, then you might offer them more, more spots in, in the yeah. top nine. Uh, and that comes at the expense of Independents. Versus yeah. like right now, for real... They don't have those same coalition pressures, so they yeah. can essentially put like seven independents on or something, yeah. and just have two people. Yeah. Plus, yeah. also they just understand that like, like it's not like, an inherently political position. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah. Like, or yeah, and it, it's also the ex- to the extent that people just don't like political hacks. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's. Think, yeah. I think that I think they're definitely trying to use that to their advantage, which you know it, it's fair. Like people, yeah. like the general student populace, do not like political hacks, <laughs> yeah. um, and in general, I think they kind of resent student politics as well because yeah. they perceive it. I, th- I think I said this last time; they perceive it to be full of political hacks. So, yeah. I think it's a, I think it's like a strong policy point to try and peddle. Like you know, we're apolitical, we have independence, and I, I think it works and yeah. it's sensible. Yeah, I think it's sensible too. Yeah, I think, yeah. I also think one of the other things might be that there is a shallow talent pool in the LNC. <laughs> 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 yeah. It is just the case that there are probably more. You know, they're, they're still growing. They're, they're good operators. And, yeah. like, you know, the, the generation of, of decent political campaigners is, is kind of on the way out yeah. at the moment. Yeah. Wait, um, but, like, if you think about the age, like, Tom Landy and, like, uh, yeah. like Ethan and stuff, they're, like, third and fourth years now. I wouldn't say that they're particularly, like, they're like their generation is not particularly ready or ready to fill the position, surely. Are you calling Tom Landy an efficient political campaigner? Because I... <laughs> Do not hold, hold that belief. <laughs> I am saying that I remember like Sorry, two Tom. years ago, Tom and like Oscar and stuff were all first years, and we mm. were like, oh, they're the next generation, right? Right. Uh, but now they're like third years. I think it'll be hard to say like, oh, like the next generation. There's a solid talent pool because like I I would suspect like the the real gap was maybe like in the one or two years like above them. Well, at the let's. First of all, Tom Landy is on the ticket, right? Yeah, so yeah, like of course. He's at the top. Yeah. Uh, I think some of the people who... I think that he's one of only a few people that are up there, so there's probably only like... Uh, there's 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 not that many people that are in the same bracket, and, and even Tom Landy is not like 
hasn't really done anything that's like objectively proving himself to be decent at this kind of thing. Bold take. I don't think that's. I don't even really think that's a bold take, right? He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't really operate in the sense that like meetings uh, of the union are, are efficiently run he's, by Tom he's Andy. Thoroughly underspoken. I don't. I don't yeah. think I've heard him speak super passionately on a lot of things. Okay. To be honest. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, uh, maybe it, I don't know. Maybe he's just a quiet guy. I'm not sure. But I think yeah, advocacy wise, he's been a little bit underspoken. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. I mean, okay. what he has done is run a, a, a toga party. Okay, and how about, like, Ethan's role? I mean, Ethan is probably one of the, the decent political campaigners. Yes. That, that is... I agree. Yeah. He runs a tight ship. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he seems to be quite knowledgeable about, like, a lot of this, like, secretary stuff. Yeah. And he yeah. is quite strong in terms of his positions against universities. Yeah. Um, against the university. Yeah. Not world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think Ethan does take that position quite often and I think a lot of people that are like everybody in the focus ticket um, who is like whether they're on real or in power now yeah. uh, probably taking a position of anti-university yeah uh, because at least anti-administration yeah should put it that way yeah like over the past three years it's it, that that has very much developed yes um, and yes. people are starting to see the university for the what it really is yes that it is crushing certain aspects of student life Yes. And that should be stopped. Yeah. Okay, so the next thing that Ethan talked about was this $100,000 welfare and diversity fund. Yeah, this one really gets me. Yeah. What I'm does not... that mean? So I think while the collectives are important, they to give them $100,000 is is just, that is a lot. That is... On, on top of what they already have. Yeah, yeah. As, a, as a per student uh, number, that is... Huge. Huge. Yeah. There are... There are a lot of queer students on campus, but there are not that many people in the queer collective. Yeah. And I think that if you compare the size of the collective to clubs, uh, there are like the, that that kind of money, 100000 is just like a lot yeah. to be giving a club. Either. Like if I look at the, the Facebook group for the Women's Collective in 2018, it was 418 members. Mm. And I don't think I, I was added to that group and I don't think I was officially ever actually part of the collective. So, yeah. you know, the, the actual number of members of the collective is probably significantly less than that. Yeah. So, so like if you were to like, I guess, divide that number, like the 100,000 by the people in the collectives. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe there's like four collectives. Yeah. Uh, and... I know that like a hundred thousand divided by four, they each yeah. get twenty five thousand, and that's for four like four hundred people. Yeah, and, like the say... amount of money that like say like that I would say is like a medium to large size club mm. uh, here yeah. at UQ. Uh, so it's sixty two dollars and fifty cents a student. Uh, where I'm pretty sure the club grand uh, per student is like below ten dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so like what each club gets about five hundred dollars, I think a year. Yeah, from, something from like that. Oh, like I think the maximum when I was around was about two point five k. But these clubs can like the business association might have like one thousand five hundred members. So like that's still yeah. around two three dollars yeah. a person. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, um, compared to what sixty two. But given that, yeah, it kind of makes me suspicious that 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 number is is a trick. Yeah, I think it may be the case that they are somehow moving money around yeah. in a way that it will look like that on the budget, but I, yeah. I'm not convinced that there will be $100,000 extra. Yeah. yeah, look, I have to say this does look good on a flyer. It yeah. does. Right? And I can see yeah. why they would choose to run with this. Yeah. However, from a practical perspective, uh, as a former treasurer, I'm not entirely sure where that money would come from. Uh, if you compare it to like how much like international students are probably getting about $20,000 a year, yeah. right? Like yeah. 20% of UQ students, like, is it 30% now? 30%. Yeah, sorry. 30% of UQ students are international students. Yeah. And I would say that they are also a group uh, that I think kind of, like, don't really get a good deal from the university. Not at all. No. Yeah. So, sure. yeah. when I think, like, so, when in the gender and sexuality and, like, the, the welfare and diversity portfolio, mm. look, I think there are issues and, like, that need to be, like, addressed and, like, extra funding might need to be there. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that, look, it's fair to give minority groups or like, like these are like groups that need a bit extra help yeah. uh, because of, I guess, the difficulties that they faced in the past, maybe like more funding than just the random like party beer and rum society. Yeah. So that's like completely fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But should it be 30 times more? Uh, and like, 
what is there like tangible benefit if you have yeah. to take it away from some other department? Yeah. Yeah. Almost certainly not. Yeah. Like I think, yeah. For instance, the debating yeah. society <laughs> sends people to world championships. Yeah. Yeah. And that costs students like $2,000 easily, right? Yeah. $1,000 to fly somewhere and yeah. another $1,000 to actually sign up. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, that that is something where you can reasonably compare that activity to beer and rum society yes. and say, yeah, probably they should get more money. Yeah. Uh, Maybe there needs to be just wider carbon societies reform in terms of funding. Almost certainly, yeah. But while there is, you know, while there is significant importance to queer, the queer collective, for instance, yes, uh, a lot of that is expressed through you know, them having their own room, them having, you know, the ability to run their own events. Yeah. But those events are usually VPs and yeah, and those events are usually, you know, run at the same level as a lot of small clubs. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Anyway, I guess moving on to the final topic that we have today, uh, to talk about the Ethan, which was the electoral mm. tribunal decision. Mm. Yes. Back to this. Yeah, this one's a bit of a crazy one. Yeah. So, um, what do we what do we know? So the decision was made by the electoral tribunal. Uh, it was released last like on Monday, on Monday. The day before campaign, which yeah. is and today yeah. is Wednesday. Yeah, a bit dirty. Um, a bit yeah. dirty. <laughs> a bit dirty well. by the electoral tribunal to like you know. Rule party out the week that they, you know, the day before they actually yeah. turned up. Yeah. Poor timing. Yes. Um, so, well, I, I guess... Well, there's no real other timing they could have done, yeah. to be honest. But uh, I suppose if you don't know the ruling, then um, basically the electoral tribunal rules that empower, it, yeah. well, empower is no longer in power and all the candidates have been forced um, yeah. below the line. Yeah. yeah. So the ET had met the Thursday before and on the Friday they had also released another decision. So they had two decisions to, to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I guess in terms of like what Ethan was talking about it, uh, yeah. so he's like completely denied that Real had any involvement in this process. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the individual who was part of this process that did register the names uh, was not a member of Real, uh, and that if that member, that person, was associated with Real in any sense, it was purely professional because. He is right. an active member of the student political community in general, yeah. meaning that that person has a relationship uh, with yeah. just like other people, like including the people in the power. Yeah. So in particular, he was he's the the chair of council at the moment. Yes, and, and yeah. so that basically. But can uh, we name him? Yeah, sure. It was Kurt Tucker. I think people are aware. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, just don't defame him, I guess. Um, yeah. So so I think this comes back to the fact that there's four factions rather than just two parties. Yeah. Uh, and. This has been, you know, an interesting bit of history that anybody listening to the first episode might might be aware of. So it's actually the second episode. Okay. Like the factions part is was oh, okay, split yes, into yes, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Um, so so there are four factions, and uh, last year you had Labour right and the Liberals, uh, uh, sorry, the, the moderate Liberals running together as Focus, uh, and then Kurt was on is a is a, a conservative Liberal, um, not a Delcon. A Delcon, yes, he is a Delcon. Okay, <laughs> as we refer to him in the uh, episode two. Uh, no, Maddie just almost fell over in her chair. Yeah. Okay, so, so uh, we're so, not cutting that. Not as, not as part <laughs> of this conversation. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So Kurt is one of these Delcons, um, and then uh, after Labour right split uh, and went with Labour left, basically Kurt was acting in the interest of the Liberal Party broadly, rather than, in my opinion, rather than in the interest of real. And he, from what I understand, what he's done is he's gone through and found uh, every name that has been used by Labour parties in other... It, it was leaked, yeah. I should add. Uh, it, yeah. I don't... Yeah. Yeah, I won't name names, but yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't think it was much invest, investigative efforts on the part of Kurt. Well, I think to the, to the extent that he, he did actually end up listing three different names. I, I think suppose. I guess that was more to hedge his bets. On one hand, it was yeah. probably leaked. On the other hand, that the leak is probably also... Like, the leak could have been... a. I can understand a world in which Kurt thinks that a leak is a uh, is a, a false flag operation to make yep. him, you know, do, do the wrong like, yep. register. The I wrong see. Name. Yeah. So he's gone through and he found uh, a, a bunch of different names from yeah. different campuses across Australia that the Labour Party has used, uh, and then registered those. Yeah. Uh, that knocked Empower. Below, uh, so that that knocked the ticket that would have been together, which became Empower hmm. uh, out. Uh, so I actually believe Ethan when he says that he didn't know about it. Yeah. Um, 
I, th- I think so too. I mean, I yeah. I was told that, you know, I was told just the other day that he was kept in the dark by the people who were yeah. executing this operation, and I think there's merit to that. Yeah. Um, but it's hard not to sort of um, have some sort of uneasy feelings or suspicion about it, sure. given that... I don't know. Um, yeah, so it doesn't change guess, the fact that yeah. it's dirty. Right? Yeah, 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 still, yeah, yeah, It's still a dirty move. And it highly it's, convenient. Yeah. yeah. So it certainly helps him, but yeah. it's not done with his knowledge or his consent. No. So the thing is, so I also like technically believe Ethan when he said that he, he didn't have any knowledge about it and it wasn't with his yeah. consent. And I yeah. don't think that like the people in real are necessarily responsible uh, for yeah. this action. Yeah. That considered, if people like, in the Delcons, were somehow able to get information about, like, they have some kind of intelligence channels that they can get information that, oh, like, they're going to register as this name. I think it would be very, like, odd uh, if Ethan and literally no one in the moderates had any idea about what was happening, like, in, like, were the people, like, I guess, like, they're, like, associated with, like... Yeah, so I think this is the thing, right? Like, let's... First of all, Kurt is a seasoned political operator. Yeah. And so if he wants to do something and, and doesn't want Ethan to know about it, or, or thinks it would be bad if Ethan knew about it, yeah. or thinks that it could help Ethan, but Ethan wouldn't consent to it, yeah. Yeah. he would do that thing without Ethan's knowledge. Yeah, that's and he has true. That's probably would do true. that thing without Ethan. Yeah. I, I have faith that Kurt is capable of such a yeah. thing. So uh, I, it, it doesn't change the fact that it's dirty. And if I were in power, I would still probably be inflaming like, real. Yeah. Be livid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it necessarily fair and necessarily true to say that real stole your vote stole your vote and, uh, and you know uh, rigged the election uh yeah probably, probably not. yeah actually probably not like definitely not right yeah so like i, I don't Just, think that like it's fair to like take the whole thing down because of some kind of real conspiracy yeah so i suppose from from empower's perspective it's like it it, it becomes quite a convenient point for them to sort of start campaigning against real on it's like yeah. you know they and they've got valid points it's like you know the person well kurt who executed this you know he's created feeder tickets that, like yeah. you know that will feed directly back into real so they yeah. do completely benefit yeah. from this yeah. and i think students do inherently know that this is a dirty move yeah yes. right like there is Definitely. no individual out there uh will be like oh that was pretty smart uh, yeah. but i think most normal students will yeah. think this is completely dirty completely dodgy yeah, uh, yeah. And respond and strongly. I think it, this this was celebrated by at least members of the LNC and um, you know operators of the real ticket. Yeah. Like it, it, it's it's disingenuous then to say that it came as a disappointment to them. Um, I don't I don't know about Ethan well, specifically, but I think it it was it yeah. was celebrated by at least some. I think from Ethan's perspective, yeah, it, it is when you are acting in the shadow of Fresh, yeah. and you know that the way that it ended for Fresh, yeah. Um, if you are Ethan, you probably actually don't want it to, to I, you don't I want your power to get knocked below the line. Yeah. Because then it just looks bad for you. Yeah. And you're does. probably going to yeah. lose the next election. Yeah. Um, so, so I, I, I happen to know that Ethan helped uh, appealing to the electoral yeah. tribunal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that um, to that extent, Ethan has been. I think, I think yeah. Ethan is fairly innocent in this, but yeah. as for the rest of um, yeah. some, some other real members, perhaps. Yeah. Less so. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, so maybe like so tomorrow we're planning on interviewing uh, Amy. Yeah. Uh, the presidential candidate for uh, Empower. Yeah. Uh, but before we interview her, what do you guys think are the next moves for Empower in this current situation? I think Empower at the moment. First of all, I'm, I'm glad they are campaigning for a below the line vote. Yeah. Um, rather than simply um, giving up. Yeah. Giving up. Yeah. You know, packing it in. Yeah. Um, and I think they really should. Uh, you know, campaign below the line. Yeah. Um, yeah, Maddie, what do you yeah. think? Well, I, yeah, I think um, they'll have to campaign really, really, really hard to get people to vote, vote below the line because, you know, obviously the easiest thing you do when you go to fill in ballot is, yeah. you know, just vote above the line. That's what, I think that's what most people tend to do. Yeah. Because um, a lot of people don't want to put in the effort of, you know, selecting and going through individual candidates, which is like, fair enough. It's a long process and, you know, it's sort of, requires at least some understanding of you know in of individuals and yeah which uh, you know it's it's gonna it's gonna be difficult but i think they have to really start trying to educate people on below the line voting yeah i think 100%. yeah yeah i think it's a really difficult situation for empower yeah. 
Yeah. I'm not particularly confident that they can pull off a win. I don't um, think they will pull off a win. Yeah. I, I think at this point, Empower is trying to win 2020. Yeah. 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 And I think they're trying to like push a message that like, look, even though Rio will technically win, yeah. like this year, yeah. uh, like they only won through this dodgy means, and like we'll yeah. come back for them, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like that said, I actually don't think Empower seem to be as like energized as necessary to be able to pull something like that off definitely yeah, true yeah we pull up the data actually i think they had about six <laughs> campaigners to yeah i think i think this whole thing has definitely put a damper on their efforts at least yeah. kind of cast a bit of a cloud like if you look around yeah. campus i reckon this year is actually the least number of campaigners like almost certainly. like yeah, I mean, like that i've ever seen like yeah. even the year where focus ran uncontested in 2017 yeah uh yeah. focus still put out more campaigners than are out Right now. I mean, Empower's lost the will to campaign and Real has kind of, you know, got a sure, got a sure thing. So yeah. I think a lot of people are sort of going, well, what's the point? <laughs> yeah. So at 11.30 today, there were, I think, seven campaigners from Empower and two yep. of them were in the tent. Yep. Uh, and you got... <laughs> two of them were in the tent. <laughs> yep. And then 11, 11 campaigners for Real. Yep. Uh, only one of them was in the tent. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I think uh, about 15... Salt campaigners, nine of whom were in the tent. Wow, they nine were, though. <laughs> they, were, they were planning to go out. And like, uh, okay, salt, yeah. salt wins this week. Yeah, they I were think. doing a protest, yeah. so they were like, I think, like, yeah, right. planning for the protest. Yeah. yeah, but I think I'll be very curious to find out how Salt will go in this election. I think yeah, this could yeah. be a big one for them. It could be a very big one for them. Yeah. I cannot see Real out there turning out the vote or in power. Yeah, uh, okay. I think Salt will do whatever they can, regardless of the year, because. They truly believe, and they do it every day. I think they're going to capitalize really strongly on what's happened here. I mean, like, I think word on the street is that um, that Priya is unhappy with um, Empower for not um, helping their campaign after BET. Yeah, I can see how I, that could be. I, there was that, that was a bit of a there was a bit of a scuffle yeah. yesterday. Because I guess yeah. if yeah. you were truly just like a left wing ideologue, you'd yeah. be like, oh, like who cared about our party? It's about keeping the right out yeah uh, and they would yeah. have all joined the salt yeah yeah i think that's probably something we have to talk to priya about uh, if, yeah. She'd ever, yeah. if she'll sit down for she'll, yeah, yes. she'll step up. <laughs> yeah um yeah and i think a lot of this is also stuff that we have to, we'll have to talk with uh, each of the other parties yes um so yeah what's our uh, what are you guys looking forward to for the rest of this week what uh, would you like to see taken to the electoral tribunal what what behaviors what, would you what, like to see taken what to behaviors? the behaviors I would like to see reform of the um, electoral code, like in all seriousness. I don't yeah. think this should be allowed to happen again. Yeah. And I think you know if, if I don't know whether it's like about allowing, um, you know, submissions after the deadline. I don't know. Yeah, like, but sure. either way, I think the RO made a terrible, terrible mistake here. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Could be. Um, so does it have to be about what's happening this week? I just have a general comment that I'm, yeah. I'm proud yeah. of. So I, I have a t-shirt collection and oh, I've nice. already got my Empower and Real t-shirt so this I, year. Yes. I have yeah, a Real t-shirt. Good. I have not got an Empower t-shirt yeah. because they did not invite me to their launch. Very excited. <laughs> Very excited. Um, yeah, I, I wore my Reform shirt yesterday, my Thrive shirt today. Tomorrow Very nice. I'm thinking maybe my, I just want my voucher shirt. Oh, yeah. Friday I'll... Momentum shirt? I'll roll in with the fresh one. Have you got a Momentum shirt? I should wear the Momentum yeah, yeah. Um, I actually sold the, it was a small wasn't it? I sold the, my momentum shirt to Roland did you give me a small or a medium <laughs> I think it was a small uh, yeah. uh, so it might be a bit tight alright alright yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a bit of a pot belly on the medium one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah alright well, this has been great um, okay uh, see you next time in the meantime uh, campaign well and wear sunscreen beautiful okay. goodbye <laughs>